you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled and sound in faith, in love and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try and please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. That far we read, and we give glory to God for the wisdom of Paul. Did you notice how he categorized different strata, if you like? What's the, there's a fancy word for it, but he, he put people into categories. Did you also notice that the only category he warned about excess use of wine was? Older women. Eh? Maybe there's something in that, eh? But last week, we examined how the qualities Paul was asking Titus to look for in church leaders led us to spiritual integrity. Now we're taking that out of the church, into the village, into the home and neighborhood, and so we could say today, we're looking at communal integrity or relational integrity. As always with Paul's letters, we can draw practical advice. And amongst those different categories listed, we should all be covered. So which did you identify with? I, of course, found myself amongst the young men. Maybe there's a clue here in this letter as to why Paul never married. Did you notice it? Amongst all those that he's talking to, he mentions older women, he mentions married women, but clearly he didn't have too much of a clue when it came to single women. Poor man, shame. There's something else that I want you to pick up, is, and that I'm sure we're all aware of. However much humanity progresses, however good we get at what we do, and the lightning-fast pace of change, 
there are certain things that remain the same and anchor us. They anchor us as followers of Jesus, but they anchor the broader community. And maybe that's where the fracture point of modern living comes, because we battle to reconcile this lightning pace with good, solid values. It seems sometimes, I don't know about you, but it seems for me sometimes almost impossible to balance the two. How can we be on the edge of technology but still hold rock-solid values? Now, if I were to put all that our reading covers into a few words, I would say what Paul is trying to tell us through Titus is to know your place in the context of family and to live that place, that role, if you like, with integrity in the broader community. And that's a much more serious thing than it sounds like. If we were to travel from this side of Maritzburg across to the other side, we would see many wrongs. I would imagine that if we rode through town with a notebook, at least the first four pages would be full by the time we got to the other side. Because we are so tuned to spotting wrongs. Hardly a conversation begins without somebody complaining about how things are so different. Eh? They're not the same as they were when we were youngsters. But <coughs> many of these wrongs that we would see are the result of unstable families, absent fathers and errant mothers. So there must be a way, there simply has to be a way that we as the community of Jesus followers can show the world something better. Let's explore. Over many years of observing human behavior, and it's not just the time in ministry, I've been jeepers. I became a youth worker when I was 14. And I'll leave you to imagine how long ago that was. But I've been seeing how people interact with each other. And I've learned some truths over that period of time. You might recognize some of these truths. Whenever an older man forgets his role and cannot let go of his glory days of being one of the boys, then children will lose direction. When an older woman forgets her dignity and lives with the abandon of a girl, children are not nurtured. Recognize some of these? A marriage between such a man and such a woman will fail. I don't even have to say might fail. Will fail. Because they're both trying to be something they're not. 
When young men become overconfident and neglect to listen to those who have the advice and wisdom taught by experience, the future of society is in jeopardy. Why? Because the upcoming generation does not want to learn. When management exploit workers or workers try to run the company, that business will fail. And the last truth is perhaps the hardest to hear, that unfortunately there are many who attend churches on Sunday but do not follow Jesus at home. But we're not here to be gloomy. We're here to transform the world in which we live. So we as followers of Jesus, they need to be living out our relationship with him in such a way that the lives we encounter change to the better. People don't need to look at us and say, oh no, not you again. They need to look at us and say, welcome friend, come in. Some of you have heard me say, because it's one of my favorite subjects, if you like, that marketing a product is not about selling it. Marketing a product is about creating the need for that product. So, for instance, men, unfortunately, we do not need a new car every five years. Wouldn't it be great if we could afford a new car every five years? But we don't need one. And yet, the adverts come out and they tell us that this new model is much safer. And depending on what the petrol price is doing, its consumption is absolutely phenomenal. It's so much safer. The neighbors will be incredibly jealous when you pull up in your driveway in this particular model. And it will make driving an absolute pleasure because it's got so many driver aids and features. As consumers, we don't pause to remember that that's exactly what they said about the car we're currently driving. So we jump on the treadmill, we buy the new model just before the next one comes out. And we fall into the trap again. Our application of that is that as followers of Jesus, we ought to be living such secure, well-balanced, happy family lives as community that those who don't follow Jesus are looking at us and wanting that. So we're creating a want, if you like. We're not selling them Christianity. We're just showing them the big difference between what they have and what we've got. As it's put in verse 7 and 8, that is recorded in the message like this, 
but mostly. Show them all of this by doing it yourself. Be trustworthy in your teaching. Your words be solid and sane. Then anyone who is dead set against us, when he finds nothing weird or misguided, might eventually come around. Makes good common sense, eh? So effective testimony about what Jesus is doing right now in your relationship with him does not begin with a qualification, a degree, a diploma. Effective witness doesn't begin there. Effective witness begins by living a transformed life. It's there, on the walls. What is Jesus doing with you that makes your lifestyle different? That makes you able to cope with extreme stress and grief? When people see that, they will want to be a part of that. And want to have that. If we could just live the advice offered in this letter, we would live in a different village. And living in a different village means that eventually we would live in a different town, different city, different province, different country. You see, in as much as we say we're transforming the world, we need to start by transforming our families. Other families will see that. Other families will see them. You get the picture. And eventually, we will live in the South Africa we want to live in because we've started by transforming our homes. That's what Paul's teaching us through Titus. Amen.